Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Keller, and November is National Veterans and Military Families Month. So as we close out this really important celebration, the podcast is hosting Mike Knoll and Brett Moeller. Both are clearance jobs employees and military veterans, and they're here to talk about their service and share tips on how employers can better their brand in terms of reaching veteran talent, how recruiters can reach the elusive secret squirrel since they have a ton of experience with partners in the defense contracting space. And we're also going to talk about how really anyone listening might be able to better position themselves throughout the cleared hiring process from any vantage point. So Mike and Brett, thank you so much for joining me today. And really indulging me. I'm not sure how often you all get on the mic, but I really appreciate it. Sure. Definitely excited to, to get into this. Excellent. Wonderful. So Mike, I'm going to start with you and put you in the hot seat first. Uh, So tell us a little bit about what you did for the Army National Guard and how that really prepared you for the work that you do at Clearance Jobs and helping organizations secure cleared talent. Yeah, absolutely. So I spent 10 years in the National Guard. I I served as a 13 Bravo, which is actually a a cannon crew member for an M109 self-propelled howitzer. And so I think when I, when I approach this question, I think we got to look kind of beyond the MOS. I don't think there's a, a huge need, especially a clearance jobs for someone that operated a 26 ton track vehicle that fired high explosive ammunition. So I want to look kind of beyond that component of it, but really what the military taught me or what they instilled in me. And, and that really comes down to, you know, the values. The Army has set values, uh, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And I think these values, along with my overall just military experience, really have helped me in, in better understanding, you know, the client's needs, uh, always kind of putting them first and being able to relate to them and help them in finding solutions that will ultimately drive candidates their way. You know, additionally, while serving, uh, and I think this is more geared towards my current position as, as the vice president of regional sales, as I was able to attend, or I had the privilege to attend both the Army's primary leadership development course and basic non-commissioned officers course, which really kind of shaped me as a leader and, and, and prepared me even further to kind of lead a team here at, at Clearance Jobs and, and hopefully instill some of the values that I learned and, and absorbed from the Army and instill it into my team. Well said. And who says, though, that Clearance Jobs doesn't need a 13 Bravo? I mean, <laughs> come on, can we make a Clearance Jobs tank, please? <laughs> hey, listen, if the opportunity ever presents itself, at least you have, you know, you have someone on this team that can uh, navigate that situation. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much for for sharing that and for sharing those values and your experience and you know leading teams and what you're bringing to clearance jobs i i love how you kind of you answered that question a little bit differently but brett now it's your turn so 
You have an extensive background in the hiring and recruitment area. So could you talk about any notable issues for recruiters in today's market that you could discuss? I know recruiters have it really tough right now, but how that HR experience in the military helped you as you transitioned into the commercial and civilian world and kind of the cleared hiring process that you're navigating at clearance jobs? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously to kind of keep in the theme of of the military here, you know, winning battles and winning wars is you know, really, 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 really difficult. You know, when recruiters are basically on the front lines every single day of trying to find talent in a really tight market. And, you know, obviously with with the cleared space, you know, that's no different, right? That's actually even worse. So, you know, when you have the supply and demand really kind of, you know, having such a big gap, you know, it's really, 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 really difficult for recruiters to be able to find folks to, uh, you know, fill their open recs, you know, and one of the things that, you know, I've obviously seen over the years is it's just gotten more competitive. Um, It's just gotten more difficult. You know, recruiters are out there trying to find new and innovative ways to, to get in front of talent. And, you know, what's what's awesome about being here at CJ, right, is that we have that opportunity to, you know, be able to help those folks, you know, win those battles every single day. Very eloquent, both of you. I need to have you on the podcast more often. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, though, I don't know if the Army taught us that, Mike. I think we kind of learned that on our own, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think I think there's some other language that's probably not appropriate for a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you speak a little bit to, you know, recruiters being on the front lines and really it's a supply and demand issue. And I know that like overall numbers of cleared professionals, they are going up, but it's not enough to keep pace with the demand for talent. Over at editorial, Clearance Jobs editorial at the news site, we're always talking about DCSA is doing a killer job with, with security clearance processing times. But when it comes to the spread between the in-access and eligible populations, it's just, it's not enough to keep up with that talent and so or with that demand for talent. And so you all, you know, are working with clients and, you know, trying trying to help them overcome some of these issues, which is such a tough job, then obviously clearances make our work niche. So do either of you have experience in obtaining one or maybe tips for recruiters to better reach that cleared talent or secret squirrels, as we call them? Yeah. I mean, I I know for me, I had a clearance being a 42 alpha in the New York Army National Guard for as long as I was, you know, being able to obtain one is obviously incredibly difficult. They're going to dig into, you know, every, every nook and cranny of your life, right? You know, looking at things like parking tickets and, you know, just all that sort of stuff, right? So, you know, being able to obtain one, you know, obviously takes a really long time. And, you know, obviously, if I'm talking a little bit about the demand and the supply and, you know, stuff like that, you know, as far as like, you know, tips and tricks, I mean, just being able to get your brand out there, you know, and be able to kind of show somebody who, you know, may have served in the military or may have had a clearance that, you know, you're a serious organization about about hiring and giving more and more information about the roles that you're recruiting for. But not just that. I mean, we live in a different world now than, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Job seekers now, whether they have a clearance or whether they don't, they really want to trust that organization and they want to make sure that they're going to a place that you know, not only do they know about, but that fosters like a really good culture because, you know, one of the things that Mike and I can probably allude to is that being in the military, you know, we had a good culture. You know, we had a culture of teamwork. We had a culture of, you know, self-improvement. We had a culture of goal setting and meeting marks and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I think just from from a broad perspective, if a company, 
is out there branding themselves to that audience. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, I can I can expand on that and echo that that statement. You know, I think working with cleared individuals takes a lot of patience. The candidates are going to go through their due diligence on an organization. They're going to exhaust all resources possible to learn as much as possible before making uh, a decision on next steps. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, companies really need to take a look at their brand. How are they selling themselves through websites, career boards, social media? This, you know, this is what the candidate's going to look at before and after any direct engagement with with uh, these businesses. So, you know, it's recommendation like you know Brett mentioned. You got to put your best foot forward. Yeah, and we're also in that world too, right? Like you like you mentioned about after, right? Uh, how many times do we hear, you know, being in the HR tech space of a candidate getting offered a job and then all of a sudden they're not showing up on day one. You know, so being able to kind of stay engaged and push that brand up until the time that they are actually sitting in that seat, you know, that's 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 vital. Well, and, you know, I'll have to steal a quote from Clarence Straub's president and founder, Evan Lesser. Employer branding used to be the icing on the cake and today it is the cake. And so employer branding is just mm-hmm. so important. And, you know, Brett, you talked a little bit about company culture. And for me, that means work-life balance. And I actually read a fa- an Uber fact recently. People who work more than 11 hours a day are nearly two and a half times more likely to experience a major depressive episode than those who work seven to eight hours Ooh. a day. So showcasing what you can offer candidates and perspe- you know, prospective applicants is so important. And people do that today through employer branding. So what is what are y'all's responses mm-hmm. to that Uber fact? Somebody said, oh. <laughs> I think it's crazy, but I believe it. And I think more so in, you know, the cleared space, uh, there's a lot of stress. You know, there's a lot of work, a lot of effort to, one, just maintain that clearance, but also know that yeah. the, the types of jobs that require being cleared are probably, are, are most likely uh, stressful positions as well. So that work-life balance is, is key. It's critical. And I think sharing that and, and really promoting that as part of your initial dialogue with candidates will go a long way. Yeah, especially like post-pandemic, right? You know, as we kind of come out of this COVID world that we've been living in in the last couple of years, you know, the values of what people are looking for in an organization mm-hmm. that they're going to work for, again, whether they're cleared or whether they're not cleared. I mean, that is just so vital. You know, people right now, they're looking for you know, organizations that value people and that don't value just their bottom line or just their spreadsheet. You know, they're looking into, you know, benefit plans, right? They're looking into, you know, maybe opportunities to work remote. And I know sometimes, you know, in the cleared space, that can be a major challenge, right? But those are, those are vital. Um, You know, folks want to be able to kind of take care of themselves, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. They want to have time to be able to do those sort of things. And they want to be able to spend time with their families doing the things that they love to do. Uh, You know, whether it be going to a park or going to a beach or going to a pool or going to play golf. I mean, you know, it just, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, that's what folks are looking for. They're looking for companies that, you know, really hit the mark on that sort of stuff. Yeah, very, very true. Even more so today, like than 10 years ago when I was recruiting in this space. So Mike, let's start with you. Any notable stories from supporting the armed forces that could lend insights to our recruiter or candidate audience as they navigate this very complex hiring process? Yeah, a tough question. And, you know, I don't know if I have like a notable story, but I want to, you know, I think it's important 
you know, to know, and, and it, it, I guess it ties to the military, right? The, the margin for error in the military is extremely small. Lives depend on everyone executing flawlessly. And I think approaching hiring or, you know, from a candidate perspective, changing careers, you need to come with that same mindset. There's just a ton of competition out there. So you really have to just be your best. All right. Yeah, very, very true for recruiters and candidates. How about you, Brett? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely echo that sentiment. You know, when when you're in the military, right, you know, losing is not an option. You know, if you lose, you know, unfortunately, you know, really, really bad, tragic things can happen. You know, so just being able to kind of, you know, go out there as a recruiter or as a talent acquisition team and you know, really just focus on efforts to improve. You know, one of the things that, you know, Mike and I can always talk about from our military experience, right, is training and, you know, having that passion to get better every single day. I have always, you know, kind of subscribed to this theory, right? You know, 1% better, 1% better. And, you know, from a talent acquisition space, or a recruiting space, right? You have to have that mindset of just saying like, how am I going to get 1% better at my job today? So I don't lose good people to bring into the organization because companies are only as good as the people that work there. You can have a tremendous product. You can have, you know, this unbelievable solution to solving, you know, major complex problems. But if you don't have good people in the organization, you know, that's, that that that's that's never going to be out there on the forefront so you know just having that passion of waking up every day and you know kind of putting on the hard hat and saying how am i going to get one percent better today to bring in the best people to our organization so that we can grow our business you know that's kind of like the uh wouldn't say it's a notable story, but you know, it's kind of like that mindset, right? Well, I'm going to take that 1% quote because I love it. And I, I want to thank you 101% for joining me today on the podcast to both of you. And to get better in your recruiting efforts or to get better as you're applying to different defense contractors and federal agencies, you can get all of the job resources at news.clarencejobs.com.